Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate Top 10 in 20 podcast series. In these 20 minutes episode, we'll discuss one of the prevailing top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Michelle Couillard, 2020-21, Global Chair of the Counselors of Real Estate and CEO of Buzak Real Estate and Equity Funds in Montreal, Canada. Counselors of Real Estate are trusted advisors finding answers to the world's most complex real estate challenges, experience, innovative, credential problem solvers, counselors practice in 20 countries and offer expertise in more than 20 real estate discipline across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Casey Conway, CRE, Principal of Red Shoes Economics in Wake Forest, North Carolina. He is also the Chief Economist of the CCIM Institute. Casey is nationally recognized industry thought leader and subject matter expert in macroeconomics, valuation, ports and logistic, banking regulation, real estate finance, environmental risk management, housing, housing economics, and tax appeals. Casey authored the narrative supporting the number four issue on this year's compilation of the 2020-21 Top 10 Issues Affecting Real Estate, Public and Private Indebtedness. COVID-19 was the number one issue and resonates through each of the other nine. For details on all these issues, visit cre.org slash top 10. Welcome, Casey. Thanks, Michelle. Great to be with you guys in our counselor community. Yeah, so pleased to cover this topic with you. So, Casey, let's start with our first question here. The steep ascent of debt as a percentage of GDP in the last decade is similar to the rise in consumer mortgage debt as a percentage of GDP leading to the 2008 and 9 financial crisis. While mortgage rates have been at record low levels, the impact of rising non-mortgage consumer debt is a concern. How large is that proverbial red flag, you think? It, it is a red flag. And I think, um, you know, we need to look at things. One of my favorite things I like to look at when I think I, uh, you know, I'm not having a hard time sleeping at night is I look at the U.S. debt clock and, and I watch it. I watch it running at usdebtclock.org. And, you know, we're at over 27 trillion in our national debt. And then when you break it down by, you know, state level, local government level, business, individuals, student loan debt, it begins to get very concerning. And remember, this is a this is a weight or a drain on all, all aspects of the economy, whether it's individuals, businesses, households, students with student loan debt. You know, when you think about it, student, student loan debt today is twice what credit card debt is, so $1.7 trillion. And you look at the rise in it, and then you look at why do we have such low interest rates? Because are interest rates supposed to reflect the risk of the borrowing entity? And we're not a great borrowing risk, if you think about it. When you look at how we're printing money, we devalued the dollar. Mm -hmm. 20% in the last six months by the Fed printing or calling Treasury to print an extra $4 trillion. So I think there's unintended consequences uh, here that really I think the counselors are trying to get people to think about. Don't just focus on today and low interest rates and free money. Um, there's a price to pay to pay for this. One of my favorite books is um, Whatever Happened to Penny Candy. And it's a great simple book on economics I recommend for you know your kids in college or you know people that maybe aren't economists. My favorite chapter is chapter two titled Tan Staffel. There ain't no such thing as a free lunch. So maybe, maybe that's the answer there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
most of the um, most of the UL, U.S. Federal Reserve spe uh, special uh, programs are scheduled to end at the end of the year, December 31st. And with the U.S. presidential election behind us and the debate continuing over the future fiscal intervention by Congress to address uh, COVID hardships, an escalating uh, issue is fiscal aid that states and local municipalities will need to fund essential operations as well as es essential infrastructure investment to support the commercial real estate development. How do you see this playing out for our industry? I I'm a little concerned. So, you know, as we started COVID, we had good cooperation in Congress and the Fed to kind of infuse capital to to kind of help us bridge what we thought was going to be, you know, maybe only a six-month problem. So we we had all this stimulus, the CARES bill, and 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 things to help you know individuals and extend unemployment insurance really from the spring until the fall here, and then we didn't get any more stimulus before the elections. So now we're going to have a period of time here. By the time we get a new government in place uh, and everything else, that's going to um, to be a to be a real challenge for us and uh there's no bridge so if you think about it by the time we see the government and and actually get money into people's hands if that's in fact what the new congress wants to do it's march of next year so we've got several months here of you know un uh, extended unemployment insurance ending uh the end of december you know what do we do does the fhfa extend you know the um you know the mortgage forbearance and the rent forbearance programs and in multifamily loans um, and then how does all that unwind sometime next year? So what's happening is this fiscal burden is shifting from the federal government to the state local government in our, in our own individual balance sheets. And that concerns me because if you reflect back to the great um, recession 2009 and 10, what followed in 2011 to 13 was about 74 chapter nine bankruptcies by cities and counties. And believe it or not, we've already started those chapter nine um, bankruptcy filings. My forecast is that we'll probably see over a hundred counties and cities file bankruptcy um, by mid next year, given where we're headed in no fiscal bridge here. So I'm worried this fiscal burden is shifting from the federal level to state and local government, which hadn't fully rebuilt their rainy day funds you know, post the Great Recession, they've done a good job trying to build them back up, but they're in no condition to absorb all of this on themselves. So um, I'm worried about the college towns in particular. We've got 138 college and university towns that are in very dire shapes um, and, and whatnot. So I, I, I worry this burden is shifting from a federal level to state and local government that are ill-prepared to deal with all of the issues in terms of extended unemployment, uh, small business failures, sales tax collections reducing because we've got occupancy restrictions. What we knew six months ago, what we know today, I think it means we really have a tough period of time here from the fall until next spring. And obviously all this, you see that direct impact on our commercial real estate development. And, and It is, and, and where we're seeing that is, you know, we're seeing it in capital availability. So only the, the really good stuff can kind of get refinanced if you've got vacancy if you've got retail if you've got hotel if you've got a construction loan you know banks really aren't all that warm the underwriting conditions are getting tighter um, we're already starting to see bank failures again and so I've encouraged folks to look at the at the Texas ratio which is a 
a percentage of a bank's capital that's in troubled loans, that's rising. It was well below 7%, it's back above seven. It peaked at you know just under 30% during the Great Recession when we saw 500 bank failures close. So for our industry, you can have low rates, but if you can't get the capital, if the underwriting requirements are tough, if they're so selective that they won't lend in your property type or your urban geography, um, it doesn't matter if interest rates are zero or 10%, that's not good for our industry. Hmm. And we we discussed uh, the U.S. national debt is on its way to hit tri- thirty trillion. And if you include obviously the local, the uh, the state uh, uh, level and and uh, municipal level, and we've discussed local municipal debt and state debt and personal debt being a troublesome at, and unsustainable levels. Uh, the International Monetary Fund projects the, the global net public debt will increase to approximately 85% in 2020. Is another global financial crisis inevitable or are we on our way for another crisis like this, Casey? Yeah, it's worth, it's worth asking because, you know, if we reflect all of the currencies in the world are fiat currencies. In fact, I, I listened to an interesting analysis about Bitcoin the other day might've been on national public radio or um, it, it was, it was one of those programs where they were talking about, you know, why has Bitcoin been on such a rise and they were comparing Bitcoin to the term I hadn't heard them use in the mainstream media, fiat currencies and new platforms that allow you to, to buy in Bitcoin, uh, but the merchants still get paid in their fiat currency. Remember a fiat currency, there's nothing backing it. That's the global, that's all our global currencies. And so yeah. if, if, if everybody's kind of addicted to the same thing, printing money, devaluing their currency, um, there's, a, there's a price to pay for that. And I think that, um, that that's something we really have to pay attention to because it affects the price of everything and how we trade and the goods and uh, all the, you know, the interactivity in, in commerce between different countries and regions of the world. So I, I just don't think we, we don't know what we don't know yet. And I think that these central bankers are just saying, let's just try to get water out of the boat right now, which is all the problems and hope it doesn't sink. And we'll deal with the sinking boat maybe two years from now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Casey. Um, Have I cheered you up now? <laughs> Well, we all know that real estate is very local and the value of commercial properties can be influenced by local indebtedness. We're grateful to you for your knowledge uh, on this subject, Casey, and especially in these unprecedented times. So join us next time for another discussion on one of the top 10 issues affecting real estate. I'm Michel Criard, and on behalf of the Councilors of Real Estate, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Top 10 in 20. Thank you again, Casey. Thank you.